Welcome back to another episode of the Ads and Dunks podcast, exclusively brought to you to the Oz American Aces. My name's Adam Trelaw, and of course, my host, Josh Dunkley, episode three, but this quite possibly could be the uh, biggest episode we've ever had on the show. Um, clearly playing for the uh, for the Josh Dunkley Cup this week, Western Bulldogs <laughs> with the Brisbane Lions. Uh, obviously, Josh is uh, via Zoom as always. How are you, mate? I'm good, thanks, mate. Going well. A little bit nervous, but uh, looking forward to it. <laughs> Look, we've been building up this one for a long time. Um, it was hard to not talk about, uh, obviously, this week uh, in the first episode, and and the obviously the second one went by, and and we went through. But now we're here. We're finally here. Um, two days time. We're playing against each other. How exciting! Yeah, I know, mate. It's uh, you're you're sort of right when you touched on. I mean, we've been sort of waiting for it to happen, but now it's actually here. It's it's a bit surreal. So looking forward to obviously the uh, the excitement and the build up, and I can't wait to. Yeah, run out there against you, mate, and look forward to the challenge. Yeah, well, it's going to be a um, it's going to be a weird one because uh, you know we we obviously seem to do everything together when we play together. So just just briefly off air, we we're just talking about uh, when you get in and you know where you're staying and this and that, and you were like, oh, what do you reckon? Come pick me up. We'll drive in together. <laughs> yeah, you should you should just swing by, mate. I think uh, it'll be on your way easily. Yeah, I should. We only stay in right near the MCG. So what I should do is maybe park at the hotel you're staying at, and then we just walk up together. No, but we're not playing at the G. We're playing at Marvel. Oh yeah, that's right. We're actually not at the G. Oh wow, <laughs> that's right. We're at Idiot. Oh, we're at uh, at Marvel. We don't call it Idiot anymore. Telstra Dome, Colonial Stadium, whatever you want to call it. Oh wow, yeah. So maybe I do need to pick you up and drive down. Do you remember, do you, <laughs> yeah, you should. Do you remember the gates? Do you remember the gates that we got to park at? Oh. Yeah, I don't know what it's called, but I just had the automatic uh, nav man on, mate, in the head. So, nah, it's, it's good. Gonna be, I'll, I'll be, it's uh, be it'll bring back memories. Yeah, it'll be, it'll be weird because, you know, what I always found weird was when I was obviously playing for the Giants at the time and we used to play away uh, well, home, well, away games in Melbourne. Um, whenever we used to fly into Melbourne, it was always a bit weird because I was obviously on a team bus and, you know, doing, you know, team – um, event things and whatever it may be and, and then catching a bus to training. Clearly, Melbourne being where I'm from and being my home, it was always a bit weird. I reckon you'll find that a little bit weird because you won't be able to control really what you're doing. Maybe I'll just lend you my car. That'd be nice. I actually need a need a car, mate. I actually might need a yeah. bed on Friday night. I'm staying <laughs> in Melbourne on Friday night. So if you've got a bed, spare bed for me, I'll be happy to come out to yours. Um, no, depending on the result, we'll see. <laughs> <laughs> no, of course, mate. Uh, uh, our friendship is bigger than a game of footy. Um, yeah. But, nah, uh, yeah, it. we're really looking forward to it, both of us. Yeah, that's it, mate. But uh, before we touch on the game, let's talk about round two. Obviously, you are out. How's your, how is your hammy feeling? Yeah, it's feeling pretty good. Um, I, uh, it was a bit weird because, um, you know, it wasn't uh, a specific injury or nothing like that. Um, you know, I know, uh, I know the uh, the injury report said hamstring tightness, and and that's definitely what it was. I just had, you know, a uh, a tight hamstring towards the end of the game. Um, you know, generally in the first games of the season, uh, with the fatigue and and it being the first game, it's still pretty hot. Um, believe it or not, I know you, you're in thirty degrees up there. Melbourne is still pretty hot come the first uh, four rounds, as you know. Um, so I was, yeah, I, I just felt like I kind of fatigued quite a bit so um you know there wasn't really uh, any point in trying to risk it um you know especially with these two games that are extremely close to each other so um yeah i just didn't want to risk playing last week and um you know with the flexibility that that we have through the midfield um although obviously hasn't really been on show the first two weeks it was something that i didn't really need to push to play so i just want to make sure my body's feeling good and um you know as you get older you probably know your body a little bit more so um, I knew it wasn't right for me to try and get up to play, obviously, last week. So, um, give myself that little bit of an extra break. Um, ideally, it would have been nice if we played, you know, you know, a little bit later. So, it gives me a, a longer time to prepare for our game. But, yeah, I am feeling much better this week. Um, you know, I'll be, uh, I'll be ready to rock and roll and I'm really looking forward to it. How, uh, how are you after your game? I know um, it was quite interesting, you know, watching your game. I, um, I actually... I watched it right up to the blackout and I actually messaged her because you guys are up by 40 points and I always message her, wish you good luck and if you win or lose, whatever, I'll message her after the game and I say congratulations yeah. on your win. And then obviously woke up, didn't even check the score and went into the footy club the next day and found out you only won by 10 points or whatever it was. But 
Yeah. yeah. How um how was that? It was crazy, mate. It was the weirdest probably experience I reckon I've ever had in sport to be, you know, we well, I'll talk about the game first, but we were we played a really good game of footy and took it right up to the D's. Obviously they had a good couple of um well their preseason games and then obviously round one against you guys, they showed what they're capable of. So we knew coming into the game that we had to be at our best and I feel like we we turned up with the right mindset. Um, everyone was really good and in the right headspace. And from from the uh, first bounce, mate, we were pretty good at uh, the contest, and and then everything flowed from there. So it was nice to be able to get my first win for the the Lions, mate. It was a bit of a surreal one, uh, obviously with the the blackout and the, the power outage and stuff like that. So yeah, it was. I just remember when it. I remember I was like literally about to put a smother on, and. All of a sudden, it just went black. It was like I'd been knocked out or something. It was so weird. It was so do? weird. What, what, what was the process? Because we couldn't see really on on TV. What did you have to do? Yeah. Well, we just we literally just came together into huddles, and then everyone was sort of like, "Oh, well, what's going on here?" But then they try <laughs> to turn it back on. They try to yeah, turn the, the um thingo back on, the power pole or whatever, the lights, the light pole, and. Um, then it just went bang, like again. So like it made a oh, loud as bang wow. noise. So everyone was kind of like, wow, what's like, what's going on? Like, we don't know <laughs> what we're doing. And then yeah. they sort of just ushered us over towards our change rooms. And, um, that's when they were sort of like, righto, everyone down the rooms, let's go down there and we're going to wait and see. And then they told us the rule of obviously we'll have to wait an hour up to an hour before we could come back out. If, um, if it went over that time, the game would be called off. So Ooh. it was a bit of a weird one because you know what it's like. Like you warm down and yeah, you're, you're sitting done. there waiting. You're done. Like it's the last quarter. <laughs> like we've played three and a half quarters of footy. So yeah. it was disappointing. And there's so much risk, I reckon, involved in sending everyone back out there, especially after, you know, and you say it was an hour, but I think it was 40 minutes or something. Mm. So the risk of injury is very high um, for what, my liking. What, anyway. um, how, how did – like, how did Fags approach that? What was his – Did he? what did he say to you? Like, before he went out, like, it would have been strange yeah. for him as well. Well, it was all about staying ready in the change rooms, but you know what it's like in the change rooms. Like, there's only so much you can do. So, we were mm. all walking mm. around and no one knew what was going to happen. Like, to be honest, we saw flames in the in the lights. So, like, we're like, oh, there's no chance we're going back out there. So, uh, yeah, apparently um, – well, apparently the D's got back out there a little bit earlier than what we did. So uh, that was a little bit frustrating. But, yeah, Fags was just only telling, telling us we can control what we can control and um, just to take it as it comes. So, I mean, it was disappointing end to the game. But I think before that, we showed, you know, what we're capable of and, and mm. you know, taking it right up to the D's and putting on the score on, putting the score on the scoreboard and actually having a pretty good uh, lead at that at that break. So it was nice to know that. Were you allowed to grab your phone? You know when you came off and there was like an hour in between you went back on? Were you able to grab your phone? Nah, nothing because it was all like match day. So like no phones, nothing. So you literally just rely on chatting to each other. Like we were all just chatting to each other. It was like, what is going on here? It was the most wild thing I've ever seen, mate. It was crazy. It was crazy. Did you know know that – so it happened back in like I think 1996 or something. Did you know that – so the same thing kind of happened. I think there was um, a fire caught on the on the lighting or whatever it may have been, and they actually called the game off on, like, say it was a Saturday or Sunday. I don't know what day it was, but I do know that they actually rescheduled to finish the rest of the game on the Tuesday. <laughs> Could you imagine if they so – would you have done that? How would you feel if they said, oh, come back Tuesday? You're up by 40, we'll play Tuesday. a 12-minute game. Oh, wow. That would be the weirdest thing. I, yeah, the hour wait was too long. The hour wait was too long. Like, yeah. I'm not waiting a couple of days to come back and play. <laughs> I reckon like half an hour, half an hour. If it's not done by half an hour, then right, our game's called off, especially yeah. if it's, it's in the second or the yeah, last quarter. Yeah, yeah, I agree, agree. And considering where the scoreboard was and obviously, obviously Melbourne only got to <laughs> 10 points behind two minutes to go, but yeah. from the 12-minute point onwards, I think 90% of people would have said that the game was over. Um, and so yeah. I think considering that's it, um, that being the situation, you probably would be smart to just probably call the game off. But yeah, it is what it is. Were you worried at all? With about two minutes to go, they were 11 points down. Were you thinking this can't happen? Yeah, it sort of crossed my mind at one point that like maybe they 
maybe we might be in trouble here. But then <laughs> we we got a little bit of control back, and then we will, you know wasted a bit of time off the clock. And yeah, um, I reckon with about two minutes to go, I was pretty confident that they wouldn't get two goals or whatever it was. Mm. So mm. yeah, it was it's disappointing that we didn't finish the way we wanted to, but. I mean, like I said before, it's nice to know that we can be up by so much at the at that break, and then you know potentially we might have been up by more if it had kept going normally. So, um, yeah, it was a yeah, it was an interesting one. Obviously, a great win, first win for the footy club, and celebrating in the rooms after was nice. So, before you ask me about my game, well, our game, obviously I didn't play. What about your game yourself? I seen you. Uh, I think you got two coaches votes or something. How? Um how did you feel you went compared to your first week? Yeah, I thought uh, my stoppage work was really good. Um, set myself the focus of obviously trying to take it up to the the D's midfield and um, knowing my role and playing my role was the most important thing. But felt like I started to get a bit of hand, bit more hands on the footy, and um, yeah, it was nice to be able to you know help set others up as well. So that's my main focus, mate. You know me; I'm a bit of a team man and um, not looking to do too many you know of the rosy things just more just hopefully that i can play my role but also help us get the win and that's what we were able to do and you know it was great to see other guys shine too like ashy played a, an unbelievable yeah, game um even you know harris andrews down back uh joey danaher up forward charlie cameron like some guys really stood up and Lockie neal as well so um it was nice to be able to play a part in that dane zorko as well he was unreal in his first game back you wouldn't have yeah, thought that he she- had a, a soft tissue injury he was unreal Unreal. He was, yeah. He's he's a player, mate. Like, that was that's mm. the first game I've played with him since I've been at the footy club. So like all preseason, really? we're always on the opposite team, yeah, and then yeah. he got injured, and then now he's back. And that was the first game that I actually played with him. So it was pretty cool. He's a good player. Great. He's player. a gun. He doesn't the thing with with Dane Zorko. He doesn't from for me. He doesn't uh, go to ground, which is he's never mm. ever gone to ground. And and I know obviously. He's got a low center of gravity, but he doesn't go to ground. He's an elite ball user, um, and uh, he has that fire. He's got that, um, you know. I don't obviously don't know him personally, but he's got that white line fever, as uh, a lot of people say. He comes out and he just—he's someone that you'd want to play for on your footy team. Oh, mate, absolutely. He's one of those guys that just gets you up and going, and yeah. you don't really know. You sort of don't know what to quite expect, like when he's out there, because he's so—he's so like his arousal levels are so high. He's like yeah. ready to go. Which is awesome because you sort of feed off that energy. Um, <laughs> yeah. So it's good. It's nice to see him out there, and yeah, great to play with him. But touch on your I'm game glad. a little bit. You obviously didn't play, but mm. um, sitting in the stands, we'll touch on it a little bit. Yeah, well, it was tough. It was tough, Joshy. I uh, I am not one to um, enjoy watching games. Um, you know, whether we're winning or losing. Well, I enjoy clearly if we're winning, but I um I always want to be out there and. Yeah, it's been a pretty frustrating two weeks for us. Um, you know, barring probably the first two quarters of the Melbourne game, we haven't really played anywhere near what we're capable of and um, what we want to, you know, represent. And um, we know how disappointed we were as a footy club and uh, we let ourselves down and we definitely let our fans down and anyone who supports us and, and all the efforts the coaches put in because we know we're so much better than what we've put out there. Um, you know, you can't discredit both Melbourne in, in round one and, and obviously St Kilda and the way that they're playing and the way that they played and defended us. Um, you know, they played a great brand of footy, the Saints, and they really took it up to us and were far too good for us. But, um, yeah, it's obviously been really disappointing. It's been a real, I guess, eye-opener to see where we're at um, at the moment compared to, you know, where we want to be. And, um, you know, I think the biggest thing is we know what we're capable of and, and the guys that we have in our footy club um, – guys that have actually been capable in showing um, what good footy is and, and what um, the elite standard of footy is. It's not like we need to reinvent the wheel. It's not like, you know, we need to bring in different players or whatever it may be. We have players that are more than capable in in playing good footy week in, week out and playing the way that we want to play. So, um, as I said, it, it's, been a, uh, it's been a real eye-opener for us in seeing where we're at. Um, you know, we've had a great opportunity to review what, you know, what we need to improve on and what we need to do better. And, um, you know, the best thing about footy is, is you get another opportunity the, the following week. Well, typically you do. Um, and the fact that we uh, we get to now play against, obviously, you guys who are one of the benchmark teams in the competition and, and one of the teams that we're obviously chasing and, and teams that we need to beat to, to be right up there. So, um, 
you know, it's a uh, it's a great week to to have us because we're we're extremely motivated to want to put in a really good performance. Um, you know, when we play those home games in particular, um, we never want to let ourselves down first and foremost, but we don't want to let the fans down who come out and watch us. So, um, you know, to say uh, to say they're going to be ready is, is clearly an understatement because um, you know we're well and truly going to be ready for this game. Um, we're really looking forward to getting out there. It's been a short turnaround. We had a, had a really good session today, training and. Um, yeah, we're just extremely excited to get out there. Um, you know, we're blooding and blooding a, a new youngster in, in Artie Jones. He um mm. he officially got announced today as as a debutant, and um you know someone that we're all so extremely excited about um as a footy club, and and that everyone is excited about because he brings so much flair and excitement to our game. And I know obviously you had a lot to do with him, and, and obviously I do as well. So we're both. I know you're extremely excited for him as well, but I'm I'm extremely excited to see what he does and how much excitement he brings to the footy club. Um, but yeah, we're really looking forward to um to, to hopefully bouncing back this week. And unfortunately, it has to be against you. Yeah, <laughs> no, nah, it'll be good. He's yeah. Well, he mate. We remember we had him on our potty, mm. or we got him on the mm. potty, or we did a video with him last year. Did and, a video. Um, yeah, like got him some shoes for painting or designing our Indigenous round boots and mm. your um mm. two hundredth game. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's been he's always been there with us, and it's great. I sent him a message today, and he replied nearly instantly. It was great. Mm-hmm. It's just awesome to. Oh, I'm stoked to be out there and and obviously playing against him in his first game because it's a massive milestone thing, like massive moment. I I guess for for his, in his career and for his family. I saw the FaceTime call that he mm-hmm. gave his mum today, which was awesome, and um, I saw Travi Varco too get up and. Uh, break the news to everyone. So yeah, it's great. I'm yeah. so happy for him, and I look forward to seeing him out there. Well, it's been a you know I wanted to touch on this quickly before we we dive into the Dunkley Cup because we're going to officially <laughs> announce the Dunkley Cup. Um, obviously, Art is one of our Indigenous boys, and um, it's been a really big week for our footy club because um, you know there's a sick individual who we obviously can't stand for who. Who obviously had a, a had an attack at um, at Jamara, one of uh, one of your ex teammates and my teammates, and something that we clearly don't stand for at all, and um, you know something that is continuing happening and um, that needs to be stamped out of not just footy but um, just life in general. And uh, he was obviously quite affected this week and um, quite emotional week for Jamara. And people at the end of the day forget that we're human beings, and um, it's just not called for and not uh, not stood for in, in our society. And, um, you know, on top of Artie debuting, it's been quite an emotional week for, you know, our Indigenous um, brothers and sisters at our footy club. And, um, you know, there's uh, there's uh, there's been nothing but an outpouring of love for Jamar and something that I know that we will all continue to, you know, advocate for and, and, and support. And that's, you know, standing up when people, uh, you know, show race, racism or call people out or, um, whatever it may be, it's just not called for in our society. So um, I know, um, you know, from our show, Ads and Dunks, and from everyone out there, we all send our love to Jamara because, um, you know, he's a much-loved individual and someone that we, um, you know, care for extremely and, 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 yeah, we'll always be there for him. And I know, obviously, you had a lot to do with him as well. So, yeah, we love him and, um, you know, just wanted to uh, to drop that as well on our, on our potty. Yeah, well said, mate. It's just not what we want um, in society, let alone, you know, when it happens to someone close to us. So it's a great example of something that shouldn't happen and something that we stand for very strongly. So uh, thinking of Marzi and, and his family as well. So, But, um, yeah, we'll move on to, uh, as we've just dubbed it, the Dunkley Cup. Um, <laughs> it's quite funny because, uh, yeah, as, as I said, it's been a uh, – it's pretty much been a long time coming It um, from the moment he got traded and – we spoke about playing against each other, and then obviously you playing against a footy club that you um, you achieved a lot with. You're a premiership player and a best and fairest winner, and and I know, you know, regardless of where you're at now and when you retire, you'll always be a proud proud that you represented the Western Bulldogs for the period that you did. How are you feeling now that you're you're two days, you know, two days away from running out against guys that you played with and against a team that um, who I know that you'll always love deep down. Yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll be nervous. I'll be nervous when I when the time comes. But up until now, obviously chatting to you, we haven't spoken for a couple of days, and um, yeah, it, it feels a bit surreal. Like I still, I suppose, when you're playing footy and you're playing games of footy, I still pinch myself that I'm playing for the Brisbane Lions. If you know what I mean, like it's not mm. doesn't mm. it still hasn't fully sunk in yet. Um, yeah, 
I mean, it has, it, it has, but it hasn't in a way. Um, so yeah, the the moment that I play against my old side, your team, obviously now, and mm. and yeah, the the old footy club that I used to play for will be a big moment, I guess, and um, sort of draws that line in the sand, I guess, and finishes sort of the closes the the book on one chapter and opens another. So I'm looking forward to it. I'll I will be nervous, I guess, at the game, and um, obviously the build up will be. A little bit unique and uh the circumstances are obviously a lot higher so um you guys coming off your your loss from last week and us obviously having a good win so the pressure is going to be there uh we've got to rock up i've got to rock up so um yeah we're looking forward to it and expecting the best from you boys like how do you think you're going to be perceived from all from the fans what do you think what are you actually thinking Oh, I'll be booed for sure, mate. I'll be booed for you, sure. You genuinely think you'll be booed? Yeah. Well, it's it's funny because some people some people said to me, you know, when I at the Best and Ferris last year and they were fully supportive of me. But then when I was up there making my speech, I think someone was booing me off the stage. So I wasn't like it's not. I don't I, I, ex- I expect um I expect a bit of a hostile environment, but I mean I I appreciate the support and like you said before, I uh, I, I'm forever grateful for the the Western Bulldogs Footy Club, and I know now that I'm not a part of it, but I do feel like um, it'll always be a part of me, and and I wouldn't be the person or player I am today without the Western Bulldogs Footy Club and the people in it. So, and the fans around it too. So, um, yeah, it'll be. I think it'll be hostile. I'll definitely get booed. I'm expecting it. Um, so yeah, whatever happens, happens, mate. Oh well. Yeah, I, I think that's a good answer. I think I don't think necessarily you'll be booed. I think there'll be some boos. This is coming from a guy who's been uh, who's been booed twice because of obviously. <laughs> well, I actually didn't get booed against Collingwood. I think I was, you got cheered, mate. Me. Yeah, they started you got to boo cheered. me, and then and then they cheered me, which is quite funny. But <laughs> I, I think there'll be. I do think there'll be a cheer. I think that you'll get some cheers because um, you know at the end of the day, people. Uh, Will always remember that you're a premiership player, and you're and well, mo- most importantly, you're a premiership player. You, you're one of twenty. There's twenty two aside. You're one of. There's only been two flags in the history of the Western Bulldogs Footy Club. You're one of forty four players to ever win a premiership. So I think fans will remember that. So um, don't be surprised if you do hear some cheers. Um, now on the other side, how do you think you'll be perceived by your ex teammates? What do you think? Uh, do you reckon there'll be a bit of niggle? Probably in stages. I reckon if if we get if you tackle me or I tackle you, there'll be a bit of a push and shove, mate. Absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> bit of pre bit of pre stuff. I reckon. Yeah, I'll make a beeline nah. for you. Yeah, absolutely. No, I love that. I love that. I reckon it'll be it'll be heated. It'll be heated for sure. But it's funny because I've still got great relationships with a lot of you boys. So it's more just tongue and cheek, and you know mm. what happens on the on the field stays on the field. So. There's no hard feelings. If you want to get into me, mate, I'm happy for you to get into me. <laughs> oh, what players do you think, if they would, would get it? Yeah, at it, obviously at, at my footy club. I think Libba for sure. <laughs> Libba for sure. Straight away, if I was to think of one player, it'd be Libba. Fonty the skipper. He'll um want to make a stand and potentially come for me. Uh, big Bazlenka. <laughs> They're probably the three. Any of the big powerful forwards of. Well, defenders that we got, do you reckon any of them will, you know, say where you're walking in the middle of the ground? Because obviously you'll start in the middle. One of our forwards is running past you. You reckon maybe from Naughty or <laughs> whoever's playing forward might give you a bit of a hip and shoulder? If, if Naughty has a crack at me, I'll laugh at him. And Crosby the same. <laughs> It'd be funny. Uh, would it just be funny if Crosby made a beeline for any game? Yeah, I might tell him <laughs> to do that. What about uh, when we're, because there have been obviously times when we line up on each other. What are we going to do? I reckon, I reckon there'll be a bit of a laugh. Yeah, I reckon there'll be a bit of a chuckle too. It'll be interesting. It's it's yeah, so I'm, weird because we always, mate, we always talk about like, remember the clips that we show each other when we used to play on each other? You were at the pies. Mm-hmm. I was, you sent me one the other day where you got me holding the ball, remember? Yeah, I was trying to find, I was looking at back all the Collingwood <laughs> Western Bulldogs games and um, the only thing I ever found on us was you kicking a goal on me. Literally kicking a goal on me. He pushed me out the way and snapped it over my head. And we obviously seen that a few years ago, but I was searching hard to find, try and find something. And I actually <laughs> found one. And that was obviously what you just said, me uh, me tackling you holding the ball. It's from the same game. Is it? At the G? Yeah, it's from, yeah, it's from the same game. It was quite funny. Oh, because, I, thought it was, 
I thought I never had anything on you because you're just so much better than me. But um, <laughs> it was uh, it was quite funny, quite funny finding that. I I searched long and hard to try and find that. It was a lot of searching, and I actually found it, which is great. Hey, what do you mean you've got nothing on me? You've got bench press, you've got bench pull, you've got squats, you've got <laughs> true trap bar deadlift, hey, you've got... Hey, but no one sees that. Know? I need people to see this. I need people to see <laughs> me tackling you. Well, we'll have to settle it on Thursday night. Yeah, we will. We will. But I'll, um, <laughs> I, I'm keen. I'm keen because um, not only now that uh, have we been able to play with each other, and obviously I still wish you were obviously playing with me, but I'm, I'm happy that you're happy. Now I'm excited that I get to actually match up against... Uh, match up against her and, and see uh, see how we go because to say that I've, I've sat there and envisioned some stuff um, is is absolutely true because I've, I've had a couple uh, times where I sit there and just be looking off, staring off thinking, imagine if we're down and, and I'll kick a goal, break in the paint and I'm starting to celebrate and, and the first person I run past is you. <laughs> I definitely think there's going to be something. I definitely think a hip and shoulder or something is going to happen. On the flip side, if we're losing – or whatever it may be, if you're having a blinder and, and you do something that annoys me, oh, it'll be on. It'll be on. Absolutely. <laughs> but uh, no, I'm really excited. Can we have a can we have a punishment or whatever it may be for whoever whoever oh, loses yeah. between you and me? Yeah, let's do let's do something like uh, dinner on Friday night. We'll go to All right. a restaurant or something on Friday night. We'll get Tommy Tommy Sheridan our um. Our producer to uh, to pick who out of us two had a more bigger impact on the footy team, and he can decide what the punish uh, who wins. Because let's uh, let's uh, just scrap the let's just scrap the result. Don't worry about no. Brisbane, don't worry about the Bulldogs. Let's go. Who no. <laughs> has a bigger impact? because no, uh, no, no, if no. you have a stink, if you have a stinker and you but you guys win, I'm not counting it. So we'll do two things then. We'll okay. go. So we'll do the dinner if you win or lose. Mm-hmm. And then the second one, maybe the second one, something like uh, the Uber ride to the F1 if we go to the F1. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Not bad. Not bad. Well, we'll I know see. Tommy will we'll be listening, so we'll let, him to ju- we'll let him judge it. You know what would be funny? If, um, if we could do the old NBA, NFL style where we swap jumpers at the end of the game. I said to you that off air and you said if we lose, I'm definitely not doing it. So what do you mean? Well, I'm sorry, I'll do it. Funny. <laughs> well, we actually need the jumpers because it's not like the NFL or NBA where I presume they get a jumper per game. We only have one jumper for the year, so we won't be able to do it. Surely you got two. You'd have a spare. Oh, probably. I don't think you Mitchie would, Wally would. would be happy with that. Mitchie Wallace, by the way, is obviously our, um, our property guy. It's not the Mitch Wallace, the great Mitch Wallace that used to play with us, but... um. Did you see the moment where Kyrie Irving um, and Dylan Brooks were swapping jerseys and Dylan <laughs> Brooks went to give Kyrie Irving, out of us two, who do you reckon will be the one to walk away? Probably you. <laughs> your jersey means more to me than my jersey means to you. Oh, shut up. <laughs> <laughs> It'll all depend on if we win. If we don't win, then stay away from me. Stay the heck away from me. No, I've got to give you a big cuddle after the game. We'll love, we'll love and embrace each other regardless of anything. Promise? Absolutely, mate. Promise you. No matter how angry, if we don't win, no matter how angry I get, but if we do win, which I reckon we will, I'll be, uh, be right in your face with the biggest smile on my face. <laughs> I know you will be, mate. Don't worry. Don't worry. Vice yep, versa, I'll be there too. Oh, good. I'm keen. I'll wait and see. You never know. What mate. about any of the other games? You Did you watch... Was there anything – well, did you watch the Freo and, and North Melbourne game? Uh, no, I didn't, but I saw highlights of it. I saw the end. Oh, should it have been a free kick? So the thing that I say is if you have a shot at goal and you've kicked mm. it and it's left your boot mm. and it goes through the goals after the siren, it's a goal. Mm-hmm. So if you've kicked the ball deliberately out of bounds and the ball's left your boot and it goes out of bounds – it should be the same thing, shouldn't it? Well, I agreed. Straight away, as soon as I seen it, I was like, why is this so controversial? And then I realized they didn't pay the free kick and the game was over. Yeah. So if I was a yeah. Freo player, my first thought straight away would have been, oh, at least we get a shot here. And the fact that they called it wasn't, mm, interesting. Interesting. I would have been I would have been filthy. Oh, I'll tell you what though. It's great for North. North have started 
There's, there's teams out there. It just shows you how even the competition is because there's teams out there that obviously – no, I don't think many teams would have tipped North to be 0-2 and, and now they're 2-0. And, and you love to yeah. see it. I just love to see it because it just shows that a lot of the, uh, a lot of the footy pundits out there, the ones that um, watch our game, aren't always correct. Yeah. It's, it's good to no. see. Oh, it's great to see. It's, it's so awesome for – like well, everyone's talked about Clarko. Obviously, mm. moving to North Melbourne, and he's got them two and zero. And I think they play the Hawks this week. I'm fairly sure they yeah. play the Hawks this week. In, yeah, they do. They do in Tassie. So another game that they they could potentially win, and that's three and zero to start the year. It's pretty pretty impressive. I saw some stat the other day that was like uh, teams to start two and zero or three and zero. Seventy five percent of them make finals or something like that in that year. I've seen that. So, I've seen that. So uh, that's pretty impressive. And like you said, I think it's great for the competition. I think it's awesome that we can get um, so many teams these days on a, on a level playing field and, and beating teams um, like the Saints too. Like they beat obviously you guys and the Dogs are a great outfit, great team. So to be able to shut them down and, and do what they did was very promising. How's the, um, have you changed your opinion at all? Uh, throughout, well, through two, two rounds now on, on who the, the most impressive team in the benchmark team is because obviously we both, I think we both said mm. Collingwood and uh, they look unbelievable at the moment. They play in the most exciting brand of footy. I don't think I said Collingwood, but I reckon I might have said Melbourne. Oh, didn't? Yeah, well, nah, they're, they're so, too. Yeah, well, from watching the start of the year, I think you've got Melbourne, Collingwood, Sydney. They're probably mm. the, the, the main three that I reckon have had really, really good starts of the year. Um, obviously we beat the D's, so they lost one. But Swans and the Pies are flying by the looks of it. Yeah. What about Nick Dacos? What about Nick Dacos? <laughs> How good is he? We're going to oh, talk yeah. about this all the time, but I've seen things of um leading the leading the Brownlow Medal already, and he's twenty years old. And Chris Judd won when he was twenty one, and Dakes could probably win it when he's twenty. He's unbelievable. The young guys, obviously, we mentioned um. You know Harry Harry Sheasel from North, who's had another great game, and then obviously your teammate Will Ashcroft. These young guys are just getting scarier and scarier as I'm getting older. Well, mate, they're coming in a lot more ready than probably what we did back yeah, in the day. True, true. Like they're they're flying, mate. They're, it's probably a credit to the the pathway, to be honest. Like the mm. the way that um, the AFL set it all up now with AFL academies and you know the the old TSC Cup under 18s, I think it's under 19s now potentially. The quality of players that we're getting into the competition now is just unbelievable and it's a yeah. credit to those pathways and and it starts right back at Auskick too. So it's nice that um, we're getting so many people involved and something that I've probably noticed up here, to be honest, is how how much bigger Queensland footy is getting. Like really? As a, result of, as a result of AFL being up here for the hub years and obviously the lines have been going well and Gold Coast are starting to find some form. So it's great for not only footy in general, but Queensland footy as well. Yeah, I, I definitely agree. I think um, the fact that the hub was up there had a massive say in, well, in, in the improvement in general in, in, in terms of, um, you know, the amount of kids that are actually playing nowadays and whatnot. Um, so I agree with that. We haven't done this yet, but last year we did the top our top 10 players in the AFL. We won't obviously do that now. I do want to know who you, because I know who my answer is. I want to know who you think is the best player in the game, as we as we speak, as of as of round two. I've got two. Uh, I've got two in mind. Well, you go, you go. I'm biased towards Bont because of what I see that he does. So I'm always going to say Bont because he's a superstar. I also think this one is a hard argument, and I voted him as my MVP last year in the AFL MVP voting. Jeremy Cameron. He's just shown it again. He's come out now 25 and kicked six and taken 10 marks. Who'd, and the goals that he kicked, I swear the hardest goal he kicked out of the six was a 55-meter set shot. And the boundary line shots that he has where he obviously has to snap it, he doesn't just sneak those in. Those go straight through the middle. He's incredible, absolutely incredible. You know what's so good about Jeremy Cameron too is the fact that he's so normal. Like mm, yeah. he. I think he did a thing with Tommy where he, where he uh, on Tommy Talks, he talked about um, just his life and you get all these stories out of him that people like 
some players wouldn't share that stuff because they think that you know they, that one they'll get judged for it or mm. two someone will say something that they shouldn't say and it'll bring him down and it's just so good to see that he's got a personality like do you know what I mean and it's kind of why we do this like we want to do this because we want people to see that we're actually human beings and we're normal and we have lives outside of football so I just love that about Jezza the fact that he can obviously dominate on field one but or like just be himself too I, I love that yeah yeah well I experienced that at obviously at the Giants and seen it I remember there was a time where on his days off he used to uh obviously when we're young and we're immature and we don't really know really what it takes to be an AFL athlete and um you know, on your day off nowadays, obviously I'll, I'll go do a sauna or go get an extra massage or whatever it may be. But when you're a kid growing up, usually what you do is you just play PlayStation and or whatever it may be, sleep in because you're exhausted from from all the training and, and then playing games. But I remember one of our old physios at the Giants, um, he told us that uh, they had to put a plan in place for Jezza because uh, on his day off, so he used to, he used to uh, the night before just play Call of Duty, I think, all night and then wake up, I think, at midday the next day and not really do anything. And they used to uh, – and then he'd come out and play on the weekend and absolutely dominate. Um, but he did – one thing to his credit, he did work extremely hard on his craft um, at training and, and there was there's no real surprise watching him now be the player that he is because he's an absolute superstar. But it obviously makes me laugh when I see it because I used to think back to those days when we were 17, 18, 19 and he used to – they used to put in phys- they used to put in plans for him on his day off because they didn't want him sitting at home <laughs> playing PlayStation all day and waking up at twelve o'clock. It's freaking hilarious. Yeah, thinking now, I would say him too. I would say him too, just because his, his ability to just he just cr- looks like he cruises along the ground, like, and then finds these little hit ups and then has shots from the boundary and kicks him and sets up other guys too. Like he's unbelievable. Yeah, unbelievable. I was just thinking, did you see the uh, game? To the net, well, we'll speak on the netball. Did you see the Vixens v Collingwood? Collingwood. Did you see? <laughs> oh. Yeah, but did you see what happened? Yeah, they had two center passes in two a row. Two center bounce passes. Two center bounce. Footy talk. They had two center passes. Two center passes <laughs> in a row, and they're meant to. They're obviously meant to rotate the center pass. Yeah. How that? How that actually happens in professional sport is beyond me. <laughs> it's just crazy. I remember talking to Kim about it before. She couldn't believe it. Oh, it's funny how the world works. You, uh, your game got obviously called off for. 40 minutes or whatever oh, yeah. it was. And then obviously Tipper's game gets called off at halftime, was it? Halftime. Halftime it got called off because the, the lights wouldn't turn on. So they had a power outage as well. That's creepy. And That's a bit creepy and it's for a, me. It is creepy because it's happened to both years. On the same the weekend. same week. They, well, because they came a draw, they were a draw at halftime, the, whatever the result was like at the time stood. So if they had been down, they would have lost. If they had been up, they would have won. But yeah, incredible. Like incredible. Just who would ever think that that would happen to the both of us, let alone one? Mm. What's been your craziest like thing that's ever happened to you on a footy field? First time we ever won um, the derby up in Sydney, so my third year, round one, 2014, obviously Giants v Sydney. We'd only won three games in our career to that date in, in two seasons. So this was round one. Um, Sydney had played in the granny the year before. So they were obviously the benchmark team. And we actually went on and won that game. It was one of the great games I've ever been a part of. Um, but at quarter time, uh, there was lightning and rain. The lightning, I think, hit the stadium. And we had to go inside for, yeah, we had to go inside for like oh, 30 minutes at quarter time. Wow. We had a quarter time and then our quarter time was inside. We were in there for 30 minutes. And then we just came back out and... Sydney being similar to Melbourne with the weather, just the sun kind of came out and then it obviously was a twilight game, so it ended up being um, dark. But, yeah, that's probably the craziest thing that's happened to me. <laughs> yeah, that's I know. Wild too. I, and I remember thinking that's crazy, but at least it didn't go – it didn't black out like yours. That scared me for a second. I thought, what's going on here? Like, something – I thought the TV yeah. stuffed up. I was about to hit the TV. Like, what's going on? Yeah, yeah, it's pretty crazy. Well, it made it. It made a loud bang, which was that was the scary part for me. Like it went black mm. and just went bang, and then they tried <laughs> to turn it back on straight away, and then it went bang again. And then you See, look no, up, we're all like, we're all like looking up to the um, lights, and it's like fire, and you're just like, this game's done. <laughs> this game's done. But anyway, well, I'm glad our game wasn't done at that time because uh, it was quarter time, we were down by four goals, so ended up being <laughs> one of the great. Uh, ended up being one of the great. Um, 
games of uh, of the career that I've been a part of. But any any more footy? Is there anything else you want to talk to me about footy? Anything else that uh, caught your eye? Uh, no, not really. I think we've touched on it all. You? No, I'm uh, I'm happy. I'm, it's just been, it's a big week for us. So obviously the main talking point is is obviously the Dunkley Cup. So I cannot wait to review this next week. Well, there yeah, are a big, big beaming smile on my face, or a uh, <laughs> or uh, there won't be a show next week. So we'll wait and see. <laughs> you can't do that. But actually, you know what? I actually can. Uh, I reckon that could happen. I reckon that could happen. <laughs> nah, nah, nah. We. Uh, I'm always. We I'm always a little though. bit nervous because you're an emotional man, and you bloody. You're every chance to just pull pull the pin on me. Nah, I'm joking. <laughs> I'm emotional and I'm a passionate man. And I just want to win. Yeah, that's all true. I want is I want to win. And for the first time in my life of you and me being uh, being best mates, I do not want you to win. <laughs> or or I don't want you to have a good game. Yeah. Fair do you know enough. what would be funny? I was thinking, imagine if imagine if you get off the chain and Bevo goes, Ads, I need you to play on dunks. Try and stop him. <laughs> and I'll be like, I'd, I'd love it. I'd love to. Yeah, let's go. Let's go. Let's do it. Let's just go to each other. I'll, yeah. I'll man you up at stoppage. Now we'll do some. Uh, we'll do what we used to do in the training. We'll, we'll go um, bear in the square. You can go play full forward. I'll play full back. We won't leave the square and just kick it to us one on one. Yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. But now uh, we got to keep. We got to move on because we keep blabbering on about you and I playing against each other. Did you? Um, did you see the big NFL news with Lamar Jackson? Yes. Yes. Crazy. So he told him on what was it, March third? Yeah, told him earlier that he wanted to leave. How how unbelievable is it that he can just post that on Twitter? Yeah. And it's like now everyone's talking about it. But like that's pretty cool. I kind of think it's kind of a uh stuff you kind of tweet where Yeah. He obviously requested the he be traded or released or whatever it is, what, three weeks ago and they haven't they haven't done that. And now he's kind of getting his point out there, which is quite weird because in the day that we live in, in the day and age that we live in nowadays, there's a lot of players that are vocal about not wanting to play for certain clubs or wherever they're at in all sports. And usually the club mm. just, all right, no worries, we'll work something out. It's funny that they actually didn't do anything. Now they're going to have a disgruntled quarterback, which is probably the most important position in the NFL. Who doesn't want to play there? It's going to be mm. crazy. Where Where do you think he could go? Or might go. I think what my gut feel. So I seen a headline, but my actual gut feel was this. So you just got to take my word. I thought straight away the Patriots, the New England Patriots, because they don't have a solid quarterback. I mean, they got Mac Jones, who is not too bad. But if you want Mac Jones or Lamar Jackson, Lamar Jackson's still in his prime, and the mm. fact that Bill Belichick is the coach, and you know when you think about moving clubs. I think it's a little bit different in the AFL, but in American sports, a lot of players, or I think a lot of players move for the sake of the coach and playing for a really good coach and a historic coach. And I think Bill Belichick obviously has that pool. So that was what I thought straight away, straight away. Do you think, what do you think? Do you, do you think, you know, obviously oh, I just, there's a lot of good quarterback, but who do you think? No, nah, I just saw a thing today and I reckon he might've spoken about it himself was just that he just wants to, you know, Play, play for the ultimate prize and that's obviously the teams that are amongst it are you know all up there but they've all sort of got quarterbacks so mm. I don't know I was about to say. <laughs> that rules out like yeah. 28 teams there's only like four teams every year I know so I don't know I don't know I just love to see him play somewhere with some elite receivers and you know the, a, a good sort of receiving court around him it'd be sick because I well, mean obviously he doesn't want to be the Ravens yeah, or well, a lot of them. A lot of the times, what they end up doing is they go team up with just their mates. Yeah, no, no doubt he What's has a, unreal wide receiver mates. Aaron Rodgers. What do you reckon he's doing? Oh, because he's obviously gone out and asked for four receivers or whoever he wanted on his team. Odell Beckham and, being and, one of them. Yep, yep, yep. And a player from Green Bay, Alan Lazard, who he he specifically said Alan Lazard. Um, yeah. What's my thought on that? I I just don't get it. I don't get. I asked this question the other day to one of my mates who loves NFL, and I said, "Is Aaron Rodgers bigger than the game of NFL? Well, do you do you think Aaron Rodgers is bigger than the game of the NFL? No, exactly, no. 
But for two years now, we've played the waiting game because last year he didn't officially declare himself or where he was playing until there was a week prior to the season and it ends up stuffing him up. They don't even make the playoffs. It's just like, what are you doing? So I don't. I, I think he's going to go. I, I don't think he's going to be at Green Bay. But uh, where he goes, no idea. And you and if he wants to go to a place where there's receivers, well, the certain receivers that he wants, he's literally going to have to go to a place that has no, nobody. So it's probably going to be somewhere like the Texans, or and I don't think I don't think he wants to go to the Texans, mm. a team that doesn't have a quarterback and doesn't have receivers, so he can bring them along. So it's a bit confusing. But what about Zeke Elliott? I don't know. It's a hard one because he's not the main man anymore, and I think he has to realize that. I think he's not the main man. He's not the main running back at a at a uh, well at a footy team. Clearly, Tony Pollard took over his gig when he was at Dallas. So, mm. a team that I did hear that I think would be a a great team to go to because of what they what their offensive weapons are, and that's the Eagles. Um, reason being why he'd suit there is he wouldn't be the main offensive threat. So you'd have obviously AJ Brown's there, Devontae Smith's there, Dallas Godert's there, who I traded to you earlier in our in our fantasy team, and he absolutely killed it after he did. Oh, kills me still. after he got injured. After he was injured, yeah, he still dominated. <laughs> um, and they've got Jalen Smith, who's obviously a dual dual threat. So it makes him dangerous straight away. So um, my first thought would be to a team like Philly, but there's teams out there that would, you know, that like Samaji P Ryan left. Cincinnati Bengals and now they're a bit weaker at the running back position with just Joe Mixon so he's mm. clearly worked with a a, a, um, a two-headed monster if you want to call it with running back so him and Joe Mixon potentially who knows I'll tell you what though I will not be, be drafting him in fantasy regardless you won't be hell no not a chance um, let's talk NBA NBA news um, yep big LeBron we talked about the king coming back and mm. how that would affect um the, the Lakers outfit, how are you seeing it? What are you thinking? Oh, it was exactly what we said. Said how uh, we don't, I don't think, and you obviously thought the same, that we don't, he doesn't really have, he doesn't really have that pull anymore. He can't really drag his team over the line because, no. because he doesn't impact the floor defensively the way he used to. Offensively, he can. Yeah, the only way he can drag his team over the line is if he has to just purely worry about his offense. But his team's not good enough defensively to worry about that. So why doesn't he put more of a price on his defense then? You know what? Because they're not in the playoffs. But once they make the playoffs, he probably will. He thinks that his team is good enough to just make the playoffs. That that is when he'll switch into the mode that he needs to get into. Because athletically, he's still the same, which is the most important thing. So, mm. and last year he was wrong because they didn't even make the. Play, they made, no, they didn't make the playoffs last year. And yeah. this year, they've barely scraped. Well, like they're not guaranteed to make it. So who knows? Even the Kyrie Lucas stuff, that that clearly hasn't worked. And we've touched on that stuff um, before. But yeah. in terms of impacting what they thought were impacting both um, the floor offensively, it just does not work. They're out of the, um, the play-in tournament at the moment. So I know. they're under the pump, mate. They're really under the pump. It's because Luca is too busy worrying about getting slapped on the arm, and I've never seen. You know what? I'm going to give credit where credit's due. I'm going to go on a bit of a rant here. Here we go. I'm going to give credit where credit's due. Luca is a superstar. Don't be wrong. He's a generational player, and he's going to go down as one of one of the greats. He will. I've never seen a player of his size and his caliber complain the amount that he does. Yeah, you've told me. Am I the only one that sees that? <laughs> I don't know. Everyone else might see it. Let's ask him. Let us know. Can can you do me a favor, Joshy? Watch, watch one of Dallas's next games, and you'll see. There's no one that complains more than Luka Doncic. Every time he gets the ball, I reckon every time, every possession. Imagine how many possessions in a game of basketball would he would he have? Just purely oh, touching the ball. A thousand. <laughs> he complained nine nine hundred ninety eight five times. Seriously, that is getting touched. Yeah, and if you touch him. Remember, he, this guy's six foot seven, and he's like, he's a. We he's looked massive. at it the other day. He's like Brody Grundy, the same height and size of Brody Grundy. And if he's getting touched and flailing around, come on, come on. Oh. You hate that. You hate it. I do. The Aussies don't do it. So, the thing is, the Aussie basketballers don't do it. So you think you think that that's the reason they're not going so well? Yes. Yep. Purely Luca. 
Well, yes. I think you can either only have Kyrie or only have Luca. Do you think that they're both one man teams? Or Yeah, the ball they're both ball dominant and they don't know how to work off the ball. Luca definitely doesn't know how to. Kyrie probably should learn yeah. how to, but Luca definitely doesn't know how to. Yeah, I don't know. I was just gonna say Luca's so good at the way that he can score from outside. Like, why doesn't he just let Kyrie do the playmaking and and get easy shots up? Uh, well, they don't defend and Luca Luca um, doesn't have an impact when he doesn't have ball in hand, which just doesn't work. That's the reason why Kristaps Porzingis didn't work with Luca at Dallas. So mm. it's an interesting one. But we've we've clearly spoken about NBA NFL, which we always love talking about because obviously we both love it. I reckon I love it a little bit more. There is an event happening that only happens once a year this weekend. And coincidentally, it falls uh, when we're playing and you're in Melbourne, the F1. I know that's, uh, that's one of your things that you love. You're going to go to yep, it? it is. Or you're gonna, you're gonna, we going to go to it? Yeah, we'll go to it, mate. We'll, uh, I've got it sorted out. Don't worry about that. We'll have a look. We'll go up. I'm going to fly back. I think I'm flying back Saturday. So we'll go Friday or Saturday and get a nice look so at the cars, mate. Buzzing around Albert Park. It's pretty cool. It is cool. So you're still, what you're saying is you're still looking after us, both of us, even though we're not even living in the same state. Well, mate, this is how our relationship works. I do everything and you just sit back and wait for me to call you and text you and say that we're good to go, don't you? Yep. I'm not going to deny that. <laughs> it's true. Oh, it's true. Who's your favorite? Obviously, one of the Aussies must be the, what's his name? Oscar, Oscar, what's his last name? Piastri. Piastri. Piastri? Yep. Outside of, obviously, him because he's a homegrown boy, who's your favorite in the F1? Uh Oh, I'm going to say Lando Norris is my favorite just because I like the way that he is. I like his character. Yeah. Um, I like, the obviously, the McLaren car. It's a great car. Great sport, though. Love it. Love it. Can't wait to, uh, hopefully, after we win, uh, go down to Albert Park on the Thursday, on the Friday and have a look. <laughs> no, hopefully not after you win. But, yeah, I, I'm keen for it, too. I, I appreciate it a lot more. Well, we probably yeah, should wrap it up there, mate. get it. Yeah. We should wrap we it up. For days, can't we'll, we? uh, we could, but obviously, thanks to everyone for listening again to our third episode of the Ads and Dunks podcast brought to you by Oz American Aces. Uh, if you haven't done so already, please subscribe to all of the Oz American Aces channels, uh, follow us social media accounts, um, so that you don't miss a single thing when it comes to the Ads and Dunks podcast. Thanks again, and we'll, we'll be look forward to seeing you all next week after the big, uh, blockbuster game on Thursday night. Um, looking forward to it, Adzi. Look forward to seeing you out there, mate. Hopefully give you a big cuddle before the game and then we can get down to business. But looking forward to it, mate. I can't wait, mate. It's something that I'm, I'm looking forward to and I cannot wait to review it next week with the big Western Bulldogs win. Go the Bulldogs. <laughs> Please don't boo me too. Thank you. <laughs>